This is a more than just podcast production. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 346 of the More Than Just Code podcast. My name is Dimitri, I am in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined once again by Jaime Lopez Jr. in Seattle, Washington. How's it going? And Mark Rubin down in San Jose, California. Hello. All right. All y'all ready? Okay. So, we, yeah, we don't have a lot of things to talk about, so we'll just dive right in. So, um, I guess some of this stuff could have been, could have been uh, follow-up, but oh well. Uh, well, the first thing I, po- I picked up uh, at the beginning, or less, just at the tail end of February, just after we recorded it, I, I saw this initially, and I thought, well, what's the big deal? It's like a keyboard. Like, why are they... Why would Apple file a patent for this keyboard? And and uh, but what it is is because it, it looks rather, rather thick. And the idea is this is what people are postulating. Apple is working on or go, has filed a patent basically for a computer for a keyboard that has the CPU and all that stuff in the case, like like come like like a Commodore sixty four or an early Apple two or or even an Apple, I guess, right? So that the, if you look at the the drawings here, um, it's kind of like the modules underneath are are the bits and pieces like you know RAM and that kind of stuff. So this is going to be similar to the the uh, criticized Mac that we'll talk about a bit in a bit, um, where they've got you basically you bring your own keyboard, your own mouse, right? And your sorry, your own your own never mind. You don't bring your own keyboard because this has got the keyboard, but you you bring your uh, your monitor and your mouse with you or trackpad or whatever. And you have yourself a computer, which is kind of cool. Talk about portable, eh? It's kind of cool. I wonder if the form... I, I looked at the diagrams, but they, you know, the diagrams are not always yeah. you know, reality. But office, yeah. I, I wonder if, if the form factor would be more like a keyboard, a thick keyboard, or would it be more like a laptop with no screen? No, so it wouldn't fold. It would just be like a flat plate. Because then they could have the trackpad built in, too. True, yeah. And yeah. it would still be something you could carry around with you. Yeah. Yeah, it could even have a lid to protect the keyboard the keys, and yeah. just no, yeah. no, uh, no screen under the lid. Be a lot cheaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it would have to have some sort of ports on the back. It would need. It would need for... extra ports. Yeah, that's right. It would need extra ports. Yeah, and it would need a some sort of like probably a USB C for the for the display or something, right? Yep. Or an HDMI. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Pretty it's, cool. It's, like, it's I mean, a cool idea. I mean, you know, these days now that everybody has big monitors at home, well. I kind of assume everyone does. In your studio, you mean your studio, <laughs> right? In your in your stu- your home studio. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess not everybody took home big monitors when they started working from home from the <laughs> during the pandemic. But so maybe not everybody has big monitors at home. But mm-hmm. but but if you're but if you are you know, if you are going to if we're moving into a world where you're working from home part time, working from the office part time, um, and you want something that's portable that's a little little bit cheaper than a than a laptop, you know, if you're giving these out to lots of employees, seems like kind of an interesting idea. Yeah, definitely. For, especially from you just throw it in your backpack and go home kind of deal, right? Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. You're not, yeah. You're not lugging around a big uh, yeah. seven pound laptop. Yeah. Right? It's not meant for the coffee shop worker. It's meant for the person who just needs to work in two different places. And they may be, they may have a desk with a, with a big monitor in both of those places. Yeah. 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 Well, they gave us a chance to get a, a, a monitor when I, when we came home, the, the bank let us, you know, order a monitor. So I have a Dell mm-hmm. monitor mm-hmm. as well as my Apple, right beside my Apple LCD, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, so I've got the, you know, I'm using a 15-inch 
MacBook Pro plus the extra screen for, you know, putting the meeting over on the other screen kind of thing, right? So, yep. yeah, I, I like the idea. I mean, it's kind of cool. Um, I mean, you, like, it would be kind of neat if you, if even if you could, like, you just sat at the, at your, in your, on your couch with this on your lap, you know, you're just keying away kind of thing, right? Um, and then, but I guess the, the question is about, I mean, you could have a battery in it, right? So it wouldn't, wouldn't need to be plugged in all the time, but, uh, how would you send a signal to, Maybe if it had a Luna display, you could, you know, or a, like a like a Google Fire thing, or whatever you call that, Fire Stick. And you could wirelessly use uh, like a monitor or a big TV or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's funny, you know, I was thinking about that too. I've got a bunch of, uh, I have an Apple II and um, a bunch of other things. And uh, I got rid of all my CRT monitors, except, well, mind you, I guess I have the old R- R- Apple RGB ones in my collection, but I don't have any, anything I can plug, you know, like, a, like, a, like you know how they used to use the UHF channel mm-hmm. with uh, with um, the early, early Pioneer computers, you know, the Commodores and the Apple IIs and stuff? Mm-hmm. Ataris. Ataris, yeah. yeah. TRS-80s. Yeah. 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 Another thing this would, this would be useful for potentially is if still thinking about the going back to work in a hybrid kind of world uh yeah where you don't have a permanent assigned desk yeah exactly yeah and yeah. you can carry this thing around with you and just plop down at whatever desk is is available and just plug it in and you're good to go but you know i was thinking the same thing with the mac studio or the new yeah it's called mac studio we'll talk about that later but i was thinking the same thing like i i never used to take my my laptop home i used to stick it in my locker at work right in that way, sort of separate myself, work-life balance, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I had hmm. access to work when I was at home, but I didn't like putting it. I didn't like lugging it back and forth to work, right? So I would just at the night. At night, I would put my laptop in my in my locker. We could do the same thing with a Mac with a with a new Mac, right? Just throw it in the locker, go home, because they have the mon- the monitors around. Every desk had a monitor on it, right? Yeah, they those the Mac Studios might be kind of big and bulky for that. Maybe I don't know. We'll ha- we haven't talked about that yet, we so get one. we don't know. <laughs> yeah, they didn't give us the weight facts. Well, I guess we could look it up on the on the Apple Store. Yeah, true, true. And I'm sure we will in a few minutes. Just hold tight, folks. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that's kind of cool. Um, the other piece I have here, which could be sort of follow up, could be whatever. Uh, Apple has launched an inaugural ca- entrepreneur camp for Latin founders. They started a couple of years ago, 2019, I think, with. Uh, um, a ca- an entrepreneurial camp for uh, female founders, and last year they did uh, black founders, and this year they're doing. Um, just, I didn't read when it starts up, but they're doing uh, Latin people, you know, from Brazil and whatever. So does that include Texas? So, I don't know if it's if it counts for people from El Paso, Texas. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> as far uh, as I know, <laughs> Latin America would not include uh, the USA, so it'd be Central and South America, but. I'd have to look it up to see if I'm actually correct. But does it actually say you have to be Hispanic? I think it's talking about, like, let's see, inviting leaders and developers in 9 amp camp. It says from the, the, US. the U.S. No, U.S. Yeah, US. the U.S. Oh, is okay. Brazil, yeah. Guatemala, yeah. Portugal, Portugal. I mean, the people in Puerto Rico would be pretty pissed if they couldn't go to this, right? <laughs> when you think? Aren't they, like, sort of a, a state or something like that? They're not a state. This is a touchy subject. <laughs> okay, well, they probably should be a state, but they are not a state. Yes, I think that is you're right. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, yeah, it's kind of cool that they've got this, and they've got some developer profiles here on this page from Apple's news site. So some people from Brazil and so on and so forth. Right? Are these people going to it, or or is, is this already started up, or they're just is this a report on it? What's the what's the deal here? The whole week. 
phrased as this week and the date is from March 3rd. So this is last week. It says that it launched. So presumably they are kind of talking about what was going on during the, the founders camp. Entrepreneur camp, sorry. Entrepreneur camp. Cool. Yeah. Neat. I met some of the ladies that were... I went to the women breakfast at um, 2019 WWDC. I met some of the ladies that were in the in the camp there. So I think they got um, access to WWDC because of their affiliation with the camp as well. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So Mark and I'll have to hold it until our uh, respective... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be a while for us, Tim. <laughs> versions of human race come around, right? <laughs> Well, I, I could, you know, you know, I don't, I don't know if, if, you know, Indian people are, are underrepresented in the IT world. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not sure that's the case. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, but Scottish people, I'm half Scottish, so Hmm. we're half English. So who knows? And if it's not Scottish, it's crap, right? It's crap. That's for sure. All right. I'm over to you. Yeah. Um, with all the festivities related to the Apple event, it's pretty easy to miss news like the fact that iOS 15.4 is set to release next week. So we are recording this on uh, March 9th. So use that as your, your guide. Um, it's going to have some you know nifty stuff. We talked about the tap to pay feature before. So you know vendors can have their phones become the payment terminal. Um, one thing that uh, I, I want to try, but... Um, you know, I wonder how much I will personally benefit from, given that I am an Apple Watch user, is it's bringing the mask-friendly face ID. So you won't need an Apple Watch to um, to use that. So that'll be, I think, pretty pretty good for folks. Uh, as we're recording this, you know, mask wearing is lightening up in terms of mandates and et cetera. But, you know, anytime you've got something like that on, I think having this be a little bit easier when you're using face ID is, is nice. and. Uh, been reading that the beta's gone well for that. And most likely, even though now we're in a mode where we can stop wearing masks a lot of the times, unfortunately, chances are that there will be another wave at some point where we'll have to start putting them back on. So this will come in handy for that. Yeah. Well, I mean, as we record, we're coming up on the uh, next two weeks from now is when we sh- we officially shut down for the first wave of COVID. So we're coming up on the second anniversary, right? Yeah, the, the yep. mask mandate yep. just got lifted here. Um, I think uh, end of next week, I think, for us, is when they're, it's March 9th as we record. Um, end of next week is when they're talking about lifting the mask, which basically means I'm going to be a shut-in, I guess, for a little while. <laughs> um, yeah, cool. What about you guys, like with the mask thing? How are the numbers? They lifted ours. Things are pretty good. Knock on wood, things are pretty good around here right now. So hopefully that will continue for a very long time. Yeah. Hmm. Well, hopefully. Yep. Did you mention the uh, fifth voice going into Siri, Hami? I did not. That's also in there as well. So if Yeah, we talked it. about the gender-neutral um, focusing from the LGBTQ plus community uh, with a, gen- a gender-neutral voice, right? I think we heard samples of that. We talked about that before, I think, a while back, right? Yeah, the, the, the link is in this same article, uh, which we'll have in the show notes as you're driving home. The... The voice is apparently just called Voice 5, but I guess you can look underneath the covers at the file name if you're the kind of person that digs into that stuff, and it's named Quinn. Uh, the voice is named Quinn, or the file name is Quinn. Really? Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so, um, yeah, and it's saying here, just to, to sort of complete this thought, that it supports iPhone 6S to iPhone 13, which is the current range of support for iOS 15 as well, right? 
It's funny because I think they normally come up with a new OS right around the time that they, or iOS version, right around the time they roll out new phones. And, and um, the SE is available. Everything's available March 18th, right? Next Friday? A week Friday? I think so. Right. I, I didn't take uh, yeah, close of the notes in terms of all the dates, but I'm pretty sure everything was, you know, taking pre-orders Friday, yeah. the 11th, and then available in your hands on March 18th, assuming you got in on the early waves. Yeah, it's funny. I, don't, I didn't order. Uh, um, I know some of our fans of the show ordered or were talking about. Oh, yeah, some of them did order um, the new machines, but uh, I looked at them. And again, we'll talk about this a little bit later. But yeah, I looked at them. And, and I think when I, if I ordered the stock one, it was going to be sometime in April. But if I ordered the one with a one terabyte upgrade, it would be um, closer, like end of end of March kind of thing. Oh, so, yeah, I guess you got to play with the numbers to see when you're going to get your uh, your new devices. We'll talk about that too, of course, whether we're getting what we're going to get. So let's see, where are we now? Oh, look, we're there. Um, so yeah, this week on uh, the on Women's Day, International Women's Day, March eighth, they had uh, Apple showed their peak performance, and somebody pointed out it's P E E K, like as in peak and pop. Um, peak and peak poke. performance. Yeah, peak and poke. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is that what it is? Um, yeah. So so they announced that. Uh, as the Lincoln Hummies note here says, seven seven devices. So you've had a chance to catch up on the event, Hummie? I did. I ended up watching the roughly one hour recording on YouTube because I could not partake in festivities due to to work uh, meetings and everything that, that complicated things. So we've got this Verge article on uh, what they call the seven biggest announcements. Seven biggest announcements, and uh, let's just start right off with. Well, before before you before you get into that, I just want to ask you. So you didn't watch it with um, spatial audio? Uh, no, I. Um... <laughs> okay, let, let me let, let me just let me just comment on that. So yeah, the, the one of the things about this particular event was if you had a Mac Pro with like a recent Mac Pro, or you were wearing the Airbud, or you were using a HomePod. I have a stereo pair of HomePods here. It was broadcasting the music in spatial audio. So, you know, when Tim Cook or whoever was speaking, it was like at a regular volume. And then as soon as the music came on, it was just like the whole room just filled with like really loud, you know, rock music kind of stuff, right? It was a little, uh, a little bit, you know, kind of loud. So lots of subwoofer effects in it too, especially on the, on the HomePod. But it was really strange, really strange. It was almost like being like in a sort of theater kind of, you know, like when you, you watch a movie, you, you know, the speaker, people are speaking from the screen, but the music's all around you kind of thing. That was kind of, kind of trippy in a way but but interesting and some sometimes a little bit annoying right but it's kind of weird I mean, that's my comment on that well i jumped in on you honey so we'll start right off with the apple m1 ultra so if you've been following along there was the m1 the m1 pro the m1 max and the now darth maul-esque dual wielding m1 ultra which is <laughs> like i <laughs> look look at the picture you know pull off on the side of the road you know go go take a look at the show it is hilariously massive compared to the m1 because it is a desktop you know processor it wants to to chew up the data like nobody's business i thought it was interesting that they said like but if we just duct tape these two things together with like super high-tech duct tape (laughs) (laughs) that's a that's an interesting analogy ultra fusion is the new technology and as a as a former chip geek I'm pretty excited about this. Um, basically, the so so interconnects are always the the kind of the, the the bottleneck when you connect these chips. And and basically, you know, if if you know anything about high speed circuits, you know about 
there's capacitances and, and resistances and and the more capacitance yeah. and resistance you have the the slower signals can travel across so so whenever you have a wire uh, on the scale of a chip you have a wire connecting one chip to another chip that's a huge amount of capacitance uh, that just slows everything down and you have to pump a lot of current through to, to get any kind of speed out of it so really a, a, a fundamental bottleneck well usually I mean, you, you kind of couldn't get around that you have to if you have to go off chip you have to have some kind of interconnect that takes you from one chip to the other now what they've done here is is pretty cool so when you make when you make a chip you make a whole wafer it's called it's a it's a big round piece of silicon with a whole bunch of these chips on there and uh usually you just when you want to separate them into different chips you you just take a literally it's a saw uh that that just cuts down the 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 space in between the chip and it just cuts it apart so that space is just wasted because you've, when you're using this physical size saw essentially i mean it's not like a wood saw but but it's still it's big on the scale of these things uh, you lose a lot of space and and um so so you it, it limits the amount of dye you can have on on the wafer and just just all around bad well what they've done is taken that wasted space and just put all these interconnects in between so they can connect one chip to the next chip it's really amazing it's really cool okay i'm done <laughs> Continue. no it is cool it is cool so but that but that um that channel does exist currently on the like if you look at the the illustration here of here are the actual photographs of the chips right I don't know if it's just this is scale, but it does. It looks pretty much the scale. But the M1 Max seems to have you know that yeah that channel there, and they and they would have just cut right through it before because they only needed one oh, one see. chip. Yeah, so they just would yeah. have just ripped it apart. Uh, but they were planning ahead, and they have it for this generation where they have two in the same in the same package. So I have a question about that. So so um, I thought when they made chips, they they measured them for for speed like they measure them to see whether they have like they fall within the accepted tolerance of processor speed kind of thing right yeah they do yeah so if they're if, and i would assume that these the, the ultra max the two chips are manufactured on the same surface right like they're, yeah. they're just not cut apart like you're saying right yeah so how would so would they'd have to measure both both of these well, uh, chips to sort of see no, how they perform uh so probably not so so there's actually there's two types of variation. This is actually kind of interesting because I used to work on exactly this kind of stuff when I was in the semiconductor business. But there's two types of variation that you can think about. One is wafer to wafer variation, uh, and and one is dye to dye variation. So, and these they differ by the physical mechanisms involved. So, so wafer to wafer, you know, you, you make a you make a a wafer one at a time. You do all this, the processing steps. The wafer has like a thousand chips on it or something yeah right? well these are pretty big now so they might not yeah, be a thousand big, but yeah, might, yeah. yeah but but in, yeah in the old days they were definitely a thousand yeah uh but the wafers have gotten bigger too so i actually i don't know exactly how many are on a die but it's probably not a thousand that's a, that's, that'd be a lot uh but but anyway uh so wafer to wafer variation just comes from you know you you have you have one wafer there you do your processing processing you you load up another wafer the temperature maybe has gone up a half a degree just randomly, or it's gone down a half a degree, uh, or something like shifts in the process, and you get some slight amount of random variation just 
just from the fact that the environment is a tiny, tiny little bit different. It's a mechanical one. process in making yeah, these things. Right? Exactly. Like well, and a thermomechanical, right? So, so the temperature yeah. makes a, has a big impact on it. So, so it, for that type of variation, then all of the chips on the wafer are going to more or less be the same. But from one wafer to another, they may be different by a couple percent. So, so, so if that's the limiting factor, and those, that tends to be a, a wider variation than you get on die to die, which is. It's just as part of the, again, because of the, the thermomechanical effects, the, the temperature on the wafer might vary by a tiny, tiny little bit from one die to the next die. Uh, now, it's generally a smaller effect, but it, but it could be a real effect. Or you might have systematic effects where, where you know, the, the left side of the wafer, for whatever reason, is always, you know, a little, the oxide's a little bit thicker than on the right side of the wafer. Uh, so this kind of thing is possible, but the dominant one is the wafer to wafer one, and that's the kind of stuff where they where they do the the, the binning of the by, by performance, and they ship the you know the fastest ones as the as the you know the the fifty dollar more version of the chip than the slower ones. Right. Yeah, so yeah, so the die to die stuff would be is generally a much smaller uh, impact, and so so two die that are me- that are from the same wafer that are right next to each other. Are going to have a much much smaller variation, so you're probably not going to have to worry about the kind of thing that you're thinking about. Right, and so so the, the integrated memory, like, is this like I don't know if you're looking at the pictures on on the the Verge article, but um, is the memory in that thing too, or is it, or the memory is sort of on the side, like like this is the actual main CPU GPUs, right? And then is the memory on this wafer, or is it somewhere or is that separate? Yeah, I mean, there's there's typically some some memory built onto that. It may not be all the memory. I don't, I don't know in this particular case. Yeah. I'd have to go back and look at the graphics they showed in the, in the show, but yeah, cause, yeah. um, yeah, cause that, that's how the, and essentially, you know, the, the M one max, I think the, like the ones that are in the MacBook pros, I think they, do they topped out at 64 gig and these ones are 128. Cause again, we're just doubling everything. It's two X, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause you've got two chips and so you can have twice the amount of memory on the sides. Mm-hmm. So this whole, the other pieces about it, obviously like the, the, um, like, yeah, I guess this, this interconnect lets 10,000 signals per what second or something go or millisecond or whatever. But 10,000 um, would be pretty or, slow. It's like, uh, sorry, it's, it's what, sorry, 2.5 ter- terabytes per second. Ter- terabyte per second. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty fast. And then 114, 114 billion, <laughs> billion transistors, transistors, transistors. Yeah. 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 And, uh, the memory bandwidth now is 800 gigabytes i don't know if that's faster than the mm-hmm. previous before or not right 20 core G- cpu 16 high performance cpus and four for efficiency mm-hmm. high, high efficiency and then a 64 gpu is this the max maximum configuration that you can get right is it up to that anybody what, the... what do you mean the max maximum oh. well because there's different there's four different versions if you go to the app store oh i see i see I don't know. You can buy four um, variations of oh, in the in the which again we'll talk about in a minute. It's kind of hard to talk about the chip and not talk about the Mac. Um, yeah, and actually they didn't present it in this order in, in the in the the talk. This is just how they're presented on this Verge article we're referring from, right? Yeah, um, we're kind of leading with the, some of the bigger stuff up front. Um, yeah, look. So just before, let me finish that point there. So on the M1 Ultra in in the Mac Studio, you can get four, but the stock, the base version is twenty core CPU and forty eight GPU. And then if you if you um, 
customize that, you can go up to, let's see, yeah, up to 64 from 48. So Yeah, it seems like the design goal here, just with all the cores, is somebody asking, so how many cores should it have? How many cores, yes. cores do you need? It's like, what? Yes? <laughs> I'm going to answer is yes, yes. <laughs> we has all the cores. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, well, I have a customer, one of my old customers contacted me today. He's a photographer, so he uses Photoshop and uh, an app called Capture One, and I'm sure he does color correction and stuff, and he says, like, he, he's naturally going to buy one of these things, right, because he's running off of M1 Minis right now. And, uh, yeah, he sort of says, like, how many cores do I need? <laughs> and I'm like, the more cores, the more buttery, smooth Photoshop color correction you're going to get, right? You know? So he's a food photographer, which is why that's funny. Anyway, because <laughs> maybe the butter's in the fridge right? And it's cold. Sorry. Sorry, Jaime. Back to you. Yeah. And, you know, what are they going to do with that M1 Ultra? Well, they're popping it right there into the new Mac Studio product, mm-hmm. which is, um, I think a lot of people on the internet have said, you know, the, the CAD designer went in, opened the file for the Mac Media and said, just extrude that up <laughs> and then called it good. Uh, we just, of course, just like a ton of really good stuff that went into it but if you you know what a mac mini looks like and you put two of them on top of each other it's kind of what you would expect um beefy machine that they're they're putting out there uh it's got tons of ports um they showed us a nice sort of visual of how the whole cooling system works to keep that that you know screaming hot cooling though i was surprised by that like based on how how not warm the other i guess the because it's a desktop machine it's going to be cranking out the cranking out the, the heat, right? Yeah. It's going to be a little space heater for you. But it's still it's an M1 architecture, so it's relatively low energy compared to like an Intel architecture. Yeah. Sorry, Harry. No, it, it just seems pretty neat for something that is um, building a, a slot in their whole Mac sort of lineup, which, you know, as, as an aside, they did a very un-Apple thing by introducing this and then also saying, by the way, there will be a new Mac Pro in the future, which yeah. is like they don't even yeah. admit that there's yeah. going to be an iPhone this year, right? Like you, you, you corner Tim Cook and be like, "Hey, so what's the new iPhone going to be like?" And be like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> oh, yeah. right? do, do you think we should have one this year? Well, maybe we could. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Is there a market for it? Yeah. So, so the studio to me, I mean, it, it sort of is like the the Mac Mini Pro, right? Or or the mm-hmm. or the Mac Pro for normal humans. Right with a normal budget, or the Mac Mini for the normal people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's it's really a nice it's a nice new thing. I mean, it's it kind of fills the role of the old desktops, right? That just disappeared. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. So it it has it has more ports than the than the Mac Mini does now, right? Because the Mac Mini does the Mac Mini have four USB Thunderbolts on the back? Uh, My Mac Mini has two USB C and two USB A. That's it. Right, yeah, and an HDMI, right, and an Ethernet. No, it doesn't even have. Hold on, let me see. Let me see. Yeah, the mine, the one I had. The, yeah, it the does have Ethernet, and it does have HDMI. Yeah. You're, you're, you're right. I never used those, so I forgot they were yeah. there. So, yeah. but what's nice about this? Well, it's kind of two things about it. If you buy the, if you buy the ultra version, the front two ports are Thunderbolt ports. Otherwise, they're just USB C ports. But a USB C port on the front of a machine is super convenient. I can yeah. tell you. I mean, I 3D print on my on my uh, my Mac Pro. What is this? Mac Pro 13, and I have a dock on the back with an SD reader in it, and I have to reach around. I have to like fold down the top and reach around the back to stick the chip in so I can write to it and then pull it out, put it in my 3D printer. 
Um, but one, one not even that, just, to, just to charge your trackpad and your keyboard, right? You yeah, need to the plug them in. The front ones are perfect for that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And, and you know, or you or plug in your phone for development, right? Yeah, but, exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, and what's nice about this though is is if you have the Thunderbolt port, you can or actually I guess no, it's that you're charging the from the monitor. Never mind. Let me take strike strike that from the record. Um, but what what's interesting? So it's still an interesting machine. Like even just buying, like even like like I'm looking at. I would like to get an M1 Max. Like like I would like to get a bet, and that's this. Yeah, because the Pro is on in the laptops. It's the Pro and the Pro and the Pro Max. Right? Is that correct? It's the pro and the max, yeah. 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 So the lower end, the lower entry level, if you want to call it that, on the 16 inch or the 14 inch is, is the pro, is the and pro. then you pay more for the max. Right. This you're getting the max in the lowest configuration. The one criticism that that Mark Gurman po- posted on Twitter today was it still bring your own monitor and and keyboard. But I pointed out to him that since the Mac 2, anything that's considered a desktop workstation you had to bring your own monitor and keyboard. If you take the iMac out of the mix because the iMac is, is a consumer product, like when has Apple ever produced a machine that didn't that you didn't have to buy a separate display for? Yeah, yeah never. Yeah, always, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, always yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so this is no different than any, than any other desktop machine, like the, the big G4s and the, you know, the, the cheese graters that we had under our G5s and, and um, iMac Mac Pros that we had under our desks, the first Intel ones. They were all big. I mean, they had they had expansion ports, admittedly, like PCIs, and even the Mac Two had Nubus ports, right? But um, I still think this is, and in even the the trash can and and um, the current uh, current Mac Pro, um, or you you bring your own display in, no matter what you do, or keyboard and whatever, right? But um, oh yeah, but does this come? Does this come with a keyboard and a mouse? That's the one thing that maybe it's missing, right? Like when you bought when you bought a, a like a, even a cube a cube came with a keyboard and a mouse right. Well, the cube had its own special custom keyboard and mouse. It had that round mouse, right? Yeah, yeah. Which everybody hated. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like when you bought. Yeah, computers. Computers about. used to come with a with a keyboard and a mouse. Generally. Not always. No, no. I'm just thinking back but, to my old reseller days. Like if you bought yeah. a Mac Pro, you had to order. I used to sell the extended keyboard all the time because I preferred it with the number number pad on the side. Yeah. So yeah, no, you just always have to buy a separate keyboard. But, and, but I'm um, talking about before that. You know, came with a mouse. It, they they, came with they a mouse. used to always come with a keyboard and a mouse way back when. But it's it's been a long time since that since those days. That's true. Basically, That's ever true. since yeah. ever since the laptops took over, I think. Yeah. Because the, the mini was sort of the first sort of because the mini went after the Windows crowd, right? Because they didn't have to buy a new keyboard or mouse or mm-hmm. monitor. They just, yeah. just put the mini on their desk, plug it in, and go. Right. Yeah. yeah that was the promise of the mini when it first came out. Yeah. But, yeah, it's cool. Anyway, I, 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 so let's go around the table here, right? Like, like I know, Mark, you're working currently on a desktop because you're using a Mac, uh, um, M1 Mac Mini. Right. Um, I'm essentially, I, I've got my MacBook Pro 13 here on a, like a, an arm. And because I got my M1 that I work on, on the couch, I never take this M, this Mac Pro away from the desk. So I might as well just get a desktop, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm for all intents and purposes. And as I said before, like if I was at the office, you know, and it was an, it was, if, if COVID wasn't a thing and I was at the office and they handed me a, one of these Mac studios and I didn't want to lug it home every day, you know, I, cause we have like, like hoteling, like you said, right. You know, all the desks have monitors on them. You just have to bring a, your, your, we used to bring our laptops and just plug into the monitor and go. Um, but would, I mean, I could use that at the office. So I'm actually thinking about buying one, the the lower version. I would put a one terabyte drive in it instead of a 512, but 
But yeah, even at even at 32 gigs of RAM, I still think I'm comfortable with that. So, but what do you would you buy one of these, Mark? Would you would you get rid of them, that lame old Mac M1 Mac Mini you got? If I were look, yeah, if I were looking for a direct replacement for the M1, then uh, for the for the Mini, um, then yeah, I think absolutely I would. I don't know right now whether my next computer will be a laptop or a desktop. I, I actually I don't know right now. Uh, yeah. So that would factor in, but if I did, because you're also a clamshell user, like you close, you close the clamshell when you use your Mac, right? Yeah. Well, you know, so during the pandemic, I haven't had a lot of reason to, to, to have a laptop, right? They're, they're not very useful when you don't leave your house, but, but, uh, now that we're moving around a bit more, uh, I could see myself getting, going back to a laptop. So, but it's a good question though. The, the, the Mac studio is pretty, pretty nice. And the price point is actually pretty good. I got to say for what you get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would. De- I would. Would you, you go? Would you go the? You go the Max version or the Ultra version? Uh, I don't know. I, I haven't thought that deeply yet about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. How about you, Hami? I'm going to split this answer into work usage and personal usage. So I think for personal usage, I wouldn't see enough out of this, given that um, I. You know, my current Intel-based laptop is doing pretty good for me, and I'm almost certainly going to be amazed with whatever year of Apple Silicon I end up upgrading to when this one bites the dust or when I decide that I just, you know, can't stop salivating over, you know, that year's edition of Apple Silicon. Um, So I think from a personal standpoint, no, I wouldn't end up buying one of these just given my usage where I do end up tending to use my laptop like it's a desktop, but I get just enough usage out of you know, moving it around to other places, you know, in my house or taking on, you know, trips and stuff where it would be hard to go desktop only. Um, for work though, I am wondering since, you know, on my team, we're going to start doing more video stuff, uh, you know, video production, really hoping that we can end up doing, you know, live streaming stuff, which kind of will need a separate machine just to handle the streams and putting things together. And this should probably be a beast at composing a whole bunch of audio and video streams and, and not sweating. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. uh, um, So for me, like another angle for me is I have I currently have two Mac minis in my house, right? Um, One is an old Mac mini server, which I think was 2008, maybe that just sits in the closet and, and serves up like it serves up some backup drives and stuff like that. And, and it's where I put all the media, where I archive all of my media stuff too. Right. And my old work files and stuff like that. And it, it gets backed up umpteen times per day kind of thing. And then I've got, a, a I think a 2012 Mac mini that Carol's using up from the, up for herself. She uses it in the, in the, in the, the middle bedroom where she's got like a, and uses an HDMI out to a television, right? So she watches TV and Netflix and then occasionally she wants to use the Mac. She just pulls out a, a Bluetooth keyboard and mouse and, and flips it over and, and uses that and it's mounted on the wall and that kind of stuff. So if I was to buy one of these things, it would probably be in my house for a good 10 or 12 years because it would, it would today it would be a desktop I would work on, but over time it would become the media server kind of thing, right? And just sort of serve to the house and maybe run my 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 home automation and all that kind of stuff, right? So yeah, it's, I think it, I think this this has a lot of promise. I'm probably more likely to get one of these than I would. Uh, like I don't think I'm going to get the, the Mac Pro anytime soon. Although I've had them in the past, right? Um, they're great 
like space heaters underneath the desk because they used to kick up lots of BTUs. And you know? it gets cold up there in Canada, right? It does, yeah. Your feet, your, your feet get cold. I've got a space heater underneath my desk. I haven't had to use it much this year, but... <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, but no, you'll, you'll be disappointed then at the heat generation in the M1. It doesn't it doesn't put out a lot I of know, heat. I know, yeah. I know. That's what I'm kind of... I'm surprised at the size of the fans, to be honest with you. The, the fans that went in there... I just, hmm. They just, it surprises me how, how much, like when I saw the, the, the exploded, uh, or the, the see-through version when, in the, in the presentation videos, how big those fans are. Like, I guess they have a, their kick, well, I guess if it's the ultra, definitely it's going to have a lot more heat than the, than a, um, the Mac, what's it called? The M1 Max, right? Um, the ultra is going to kick out. I guess if you're, if you're ripping, if you're running, what, how many monitors did they said because supports like, uh, eight? Of those, yeah, um, some ridiculous number. Eight of those pro displays plus a huge TV as well, right? So that's crazy. Cool, cool thing. It's probably the good best segue into the studio display, twenty-seven inch, five K, uh, which does not cost five K. Surprisingly, <laughs> thought for sure it yeah. would. It's only uh, fifteen ninety-nine. That's one thousand five hundred ninety-nine dollars US. Um, comes with a stand. Uh, there is a four hundred dollar fancy pants. Stand, right? yeah. yeah, it's got a fancy <laughs> pants stand that you can put in if you want. Uh, that does the the self um, balancing uh, thing, and then you've got the the is it Vesa or Visa? I can't remember how that's Visa. Visa. The Visa mount adapter. If you want to put it on one of those, uh, you know, for your wall or for the monitor arms and stuff. Um, looks pretty nice. I mean, it'd be nice to see it in person, but I I felt pretty pretty sold because it's not a five thousand dollar; it's a fifteen sixteen hundred dollar. Yeah, yeah twenty seven inch five K Retina, fourteen point seven million pixels, six hundred nits of brightness, which is bright. Um, one one billion colors available. P three wide color as well. No, I don't know if you remember, do you guys remember the thousands of colors we used to get on some of our yeah. monitors? Um, because yeah, there was a lawsuit over that right at one point, I think. Um, just trying to see the. Choices. I remember 256 colors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember. It's like that. a Crayola box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let, I'm just going to hit order now and see what what my options are for the for the stand. I'm curious about that because because there's there's three stands. There's, there's the adjustable stand, right? And um, okay, here we go. Tilt adjust. How do I make this active? Do I have to choose one. I'm on my iPad, so this is kind of weird. Oh, I have to choose first. I have to choose the the standard glass or the nano glass. The standard glass is quite a bit more. It's almost like uh, four hundred dollars more. I'm going to choose standard because I don't have a bright environment. Okay, so the standard oh tilt adjustable is like comes with for for the two thousand dollars Canadian, and then twenty four hundred dollars for the one where you can tilt it with the. It's got like a little Luxo lamp thing that we had on the G four, and that's that's finally come back. And then Visa mount. A visa. If you get a visa mount, it's, it's the same price as, as getting it with the basic stand, right? So it's not like they're charging you more. So yeah, the most expensive one is the tilt and height adjustable stand, right? which again, you know, it's one of these things you need to go to the store to see it because like, I think one of our guys pointed out, like, when have you ever seen a monitor on somebody's desk where they didn't have it propped up on a, a couple of phone books or something, right? <laughs> right. Definitely depends on your, your ergonomics. This would be roughly in line. So I've got a a Dell U271 8Q 4K display. It's 27 and a half inch. This is actually owned by my employer. And I'm guessing the sizing would be pretty similar. It's hard to tell uh, difference in bezels and stuff, but it should be roughly in line. And this one's doing, you know, pretty good for me. I think 
you know, the Apple device, the studio display would probably be pretty satisfactory. If I was to quibble, I would certainly love a, a, a Mega Max studio display that's even bigger. Is you know, I need all the windows. I need the yes. How many windows? Yes, right. Um, for even this current one, where I've been considering getting a larger, like you know, thirty-two inch curved display just to fit all all the things I need to be able to reference at once. Yeah. So if I order one of these displays now, I can get it by March twenty-fifth as of today. No, that's not bad. It's only two weeks away. So I guess all the early adopters have already placed all their orders, right? Yeah, and, and <laughs> I do think with you know things starting to open up a bit, uh, this feels like a perfectly reasonable go into a store for a couple of minutes, take a look, and see what you think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, would you get one, Mark? You and I both have the old. We're, we're, I'm flogging the old LCD cinema display, and you have the Thunderbolt cin- cinema display. I got the would Thunderbolt display for my home use, and I've got uh, a a Dell curve monitor for my work use. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I would consider getting one of these. Yeah. 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 My, I think the price is about the same. <laughs> about the same as, yeah, as a Thunderbolt display was. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Now that said, I mean, like, you know, I used to, when I was reselling stuff, I mean, I mean it, you know, it's just the term that Apple had for it. Now, I don't know. Can't, yeah. No, Apple did have displays initially and then they, they moved away from them. But, um, Used to sell a lot of BenQ monitors for a while there too, because they were they would they were just they had the same LC, the same LG and Sanyo panels, mm. but they were slightly cheaper. Again, again, it may they may have been. I often wondered about that, like you know, if they're making the same panels, does Apple get the pick of the panels, and then the, all the castoffs go to the third parties? Or I wonder what spec, what what the minimum spec was for each of these uh, each of these manufacturers. Oh, for like, sure, yeah, behind. for sure, the high end. Uh, Vendors are going to get the the best panels. The, the premium. The one when you yeah when you buy the cheaper ones, you're you're much more likely to have like a you know a dead pixel or something like that showing up. Right. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. So it's also got the A13 Bionic chip inside because it supports um, a fancy smancy 12 megapixel camera and um, the three mic array. For mm-hmm. the audio, so that they, they, obviously they're they're gearing this stuff to, and center stage, which is the thing that automatically adjusts with the wide angle lens. Um, so it um, this um, is built for um, web conferencing, right? Like for you know being on the WebEx call and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, and so in theory, if it's got an A13 in there, you could run iOS apps on your monitor without a computer. Yeah, yeah, people were kind of wondering about jailbreaking their monitor. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> really. Hmm. So you don't need the fancy keyboard we talked about at the top of the show, right? Well, it's not touch sensitive. <laughs> you need a, need yeah. a keyboard for something. Oh, but the other the other nice thing about this, like my I I charge my work laptop off my Dell monitor. It's got the USB C uh, mm-hmm. power coming off the the USB C cable, and this one has one Thunderbolt port, so you can get ninety five watts of power, which basically means you can charge the latest um mac pro models right yeah so that's the, 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 the power charge are. that they've got coming out of the display is pretty wild yeah is that is that really quick charge that they got coming out of this did i get this wrong was this was this not from the display yeah no no 95 watts of power for sure uh, i don't know like i'm not sure if, if quick if quick charge because quick charge i heard somebody say the other day it's like you know like 30 minutes to get 30 or 50 percent power in, into your computer which is pretty quick like it must must throttle down because you don't want to basically heat up the heat up the battery every time you plug it in, right? So yeah, cool. What do you think about the nano texture glass? I mean, I guess that's if you're in a high high um, bright office, right, with lots of 
reflective light around, right? Yeah. I'm not sure that's such a new thing, right? It's just sort of standard. No, no, it was it, they, they glare. that on yeah. the, that was on the pro display, the yeah. XDR. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So interestingly, yeah, I, was enough, kind of, I was kind of. I'm, it, I'm looking sorry. at the at the uh, apps, yeah, you know, the retail store website, and I wouldn't get it delivered until April first, April first through really? April eighth. Yeah, they so they can ship to Toronto, not Toronto, <laughs> Toronto, uh, before they can ship to San Jose. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, what I've actually found on the, on these these apps when I go in when you go in to order them, it tells you that, and then not until you actually go to put your credit card in, then it tells you. Yeah, the what the real date is. Yeah, true. Yeah, but it's a good it's a good guideline. I mean, like you know, and and like for instance, like when I look at it, um, and I've hit the order now button, like it it says can't pick it up in the store, like because they just don't have stock yet, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, the texture glass, the regular. Yeah, I'd be tempted to get a Visa. It depends on how heavy this is, right? It's got that big. Uh, I, I thought it was when when they were before they started talking about it on the presentation. I thought it was the Pro XDR display they were talking about, right? But it, it, again, but is the Pro XDR's mini EL, mini LED though, isn't it? I do not remember. You remember? Yeah, I don't I do remember, not remember either. I don't know. They got so many go look. interesting little marketing names for these things. It's really hard to keep track of them. All. Mm, yeah. Oh, sorry. There. Pro display here. Take a quick gander at this guy. Wow, sixty two ninety nine. You can get like how many of these? Three. <laughs> uh, oh, it's a thirty two inch, right? Six six K. Oh, I see. It's not the ah. The, that's that's what's wrong with the studio displays. It's only five K, not six K. Mm. Oh, it has that same sort of tilty stand thing. I guess that's the thousand dollar stand that we were joking about. The dongle. Yeah, because this thing comes without a stand, right? What What are you talking about? I'm this... talking about the pro the pro XDR oh. display. Oh. You have to, you have right, to buy, you have to buy the stand separate. Yeah. That's cheaper. Oh, sorry, that's Apple Care for it. And yeah, the stand is $1,300, $1,299 Canadian. So what was I looking for? I was looking for what? Um, what is What was I looking for on the Pro Display? Oh, uh, the nano texture. Yeah, it has a nano texture. You can get, you can get standard or nano texture. Crazy refresh rates. Hmm. Okay, it's 16 pounds, so most arms won't, won't hold this. Most Visa, like you'd have to have a really strong Visa. Beast amount. How heavy is this new guy? Does it say how heavy this one is? Do do do. Where's this back? Oh, and what about the keyboard and stuff? We the new keyboard. We didn't talk about that. The colored keyboard. You can get a black mouse and a black tech trackpad. Oh yeah, for the Mac Studio. Yeah. But the the monitor itself is still aluminum colored. How about this? See how heavy it is. It's weird. Is it still yeah, on the website? Thirteen point nine pounds. Oh, still yeah. yeah. It's not too light. I suppose the uh, the Dell is probably about that. I don't know. Interesting stuff. So, what's next, Tommy? Science. Next is the new iPhone SE, which has 5G, mm-hmm. got an A15 Bionic CPU, comes in that same uh, 4.7 inch display, uh, Touch ID, so it kind of gives you an idea of what it's going to end up looking like if you haven't seen it, and mm-hmm. comes with a, a pretty decent price of $429 US. Did you mention it's 5G? 5G without the uh, millimeter wave stuff so, so you I, don't need a vaccine with this phone you don't you don't and i guess it doesn't have that little weird plastic window that the the iphone 12 pro and others had uh, at least here in the usa the what oh the have a special window for 5g yeah well uh, for one band of 5g i think it's the five uh gosh is it millimeter wave five millimeter wave i gotta look it up that's interesting yeah touch id on a home, a home button for touch id so I'm curious, like, so the, the, the original SE, like the SE 
one that's in the, the iPhone 5 form factor. Is that still supported by iOS 15? Do we know? I'd have to look that up. I don't, I don't know if that is. Because it came out after the 6S, though, right? Or around the same time. Pretty cool phone. Well, how much is it? It's 429 US, right? 429 US. So it's uh, slightly more expensive. A lot of folks wondering if it's that, um, that 5G chip in there. Mm. Could be a bunch of other things. Inflation, supply chain it's also difficulties. Also, so that's not too shabby, right? Yeah. According to Apple's website, the iPhone SE first generation is supported by iOS 15.2. Okay. As are the 6S and 6S Plus and the iPhone 10 and everything. Yeah. So the A15 chip is the same as what we have in the in the in the iPhone 13, right? Not the Pro, but the 13, right? I think that's right. Or the base model yeah, of 13. It says that on the website on the marketing. So mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. And it's got smart HDR4 for pictures. Yeah, yeah, it's the same glass on the front and back as the iPhone 13. The durable Super Gorilla Gas Gas, I guess it's called. Comes in midnight white and product red. It's really challenging to think of a better sort of value phone right you know yeah in 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 line with the how much money do you have cool we'll definitely give you a, a top of the line phone or you know oodles and oodles of, of dollars um yeah. but a you know what's your entry price to get you know something that's presumably going to be supported for a very long time um 429 for 5g and real solid you know, ample ecosystem that's that's a pretty hard thing to to, to not jump on, right? I think you're going to see some folks who are like, you know, you, you should put that, uh, take that older phone with its probably terrible battery life because I bet you haven't changed it out and send it to a nice farm upstate and get this new phone. <laughs> send, to, send it to the glue factory. <laughs> yeah, cool. And the product red is supporting COVID-19 uh, research, I guess, right? Oh, really? I, I, I missed that part that they had said it was specific to that. Well, I think this is as of like last last year, because um, yeah, Product Red used to support HIV AIDS, I think, right? Um, but now it's, now Product Red is supporting uh, com- uh, combating COVID nineteen because obviously that's the the more prevalent issue these days. Cool. Speaking of support, did you guys notice that Tim Cook was wearing a yellow and blue um, wristband on his watch? I did not. Oh, I did I not notice this. that. I did that's not good. notice, but yeah, yeah heard people talking good. about this on the interwebs. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was wearing a blue shirt, just you know, and and his watch band was yellow and blue, mm-hmm. supporting Ukraine. Cool. Um, yeah, I think we pretty much said all we can say about this guy. Oh, March eighteenth as well. If you order it today, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad price. I mean, like we're back down to. I think I paid about that for my original phone in Canada. It's uh, five seventy nine. I think it's about what I paid for my first iPhone, the uh, iPhone one that was brought back from California, California for me. Cool. And then we had an iPad, I mean. Yeah, an iPad Air with an mm-hmm. M1 chip inside of it that has me in an interesting dilemma because I've been feeling very grumpy about my, I got to look it up, I'm not even sure how old it is, iPad Pro, and really thinking, wow. You have a second generation Pro because I had the first generation. Thank you, sir. So we'll have, to, I guess I'll have to look it up, see how old it is. It's, it's, it's... So I have the third generation Pro with the not the m1 one yeah so it's 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 been some years it's you know feeling a little long in the tooth and uh this this air has me wondering hmm do i wait till you know september october when they might have new pro models and um you know my current pro uses the 
first generation Apple Pencil. This new iPad Air uses the second gen Apple Pencil. So that's pretty cool. But because I'm wondering about uh, forward looking compatibility, I'm like, are they going to come out with a new Pro with a third generation pencil? And <laughs> maybe I should just jump in there and, and uh, grit my teeth for a few more months. I, I don't know. Don't so know. the question is like this is is this is the same size like I'm looking at the the cause my my concern is I have the magic keyboard right which I which I love right I have the 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 previous like the uh third sorry second generation iPad Pro 11 inch right will the new Air fit on my current keyboard looks like it does so it is it the same size specifically as the Pro? said it would fit in in the uh the yeah the magic keyboard magic keyboard yeah, yeah. And the folio, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess so. So I guess I'm in the same quandary as you, Jaime, because again, it's it's also the other interesting thing. It's got a USB C port, right? I already have the pencil too, so yeah, I could essentially upgrade to an iPad Air because I'm going be getting an M1 as opposed to this lame old A, A14 or whatever I have on this one. You know? Yeah. So if if you're correct, sir, that that I have the second gen iPad Pro, then that device came out. In 2017, so here we are, 2022. Yeah, it's like it's about time for this this iPad to retire. I don't know. iPads last a long time. They do, but I've been a little grumpy with it, feeling a little pokey. Oh, really? And so I said, mm, I guess it's been long. So I, I have realized, and and where the air might fit in, where I, I may not get another Pro, is that I don't have a pro lifestyle for how I use the iPad. Um, I'm predominantly interested in it as a consumption device with a very, very lightweight, um, you know, whiteboarding type capabilities with the Apple Pencil. So I would absolutely be interested in seeing what the second gen Apple Pencil can do. Because I've not used one other than probably in the store, which is not the same as, you know, plopping down on your couch and and, and drawing stuff or, or, you know, scribbling things. Um, so, my, so my question knows. is, what what's the difference between this and a Pro? Is it like I think it's the amount of storage, right? And then what maybe the refresh rate on the sc- like the, the screen, like the hundred? Does it have the hundred and twenty hertz screen? Do you know? It must do, right? If it supports uh, the, the fancy new pencil. I don't think they mentioned ProMotion. I don't know if they specifically mentioned anything about refresh rate. And and you know what? Like they, you know, rightfully so hyped it up as like great for gaming. I'm like, that's cool. I don't use it for gaming. <laughs> So I'm like, oh, maybe I maybe I could get away with using an iPad Air instead of a a Pro. You know, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the Pro. Just does that fit my lifestyle or not? I don't I don't know that the Pro is is necessary. Well, my guess is well, that the next Pro will be out relatively soon, and it'll have an M2 or whatever the next greatest thing is, and it'll be pretty amazing. So so yeah, so it does seem like this one is pretty close to a Pro today. Uh, which means they're making room for the for the even better thing in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's my dilemma of upgrade yeah. now or or wait it out. You know, another yep. six months. Yep. Yeah, I'm looking at the stats on the site. It looks like it is pretty much the same site size, site width, and um, as the Pro I currently have, right? Because um, you know the new Pro is going to be able to run Mac OS dual boot. That's true. iOS yeah, and Mac gonna OS. Be, it's going to levitate off the desk too. Well, you know, I'm only half kidding. I mean, the Surface did this a while ago, you know, and and so uh, right now uh, there's not a whole lot of difference between a 12.9 inch uh, iPad and a small laptop. There's really not much difference, right? Uh, Yeah, 
except for the touchscreen. So with a next generation chip, then there's really no reason why they couldn't run Mac OS ten on it. It would be pretty cool, actually. Can you put a terabyte SSD in it? I wonder, like the current pro, like the the pro. Let's see here, pro. Oh yes, no, they have a two terabyte option. Well, yeah, definitely, you're right. They, yeah, like, like it's got the memory, it's got the, you know, it's got everything. It's got the built-in screen. Just don't need a keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> Bring your own keyboard. Well, and use the uh, the yeah. magic keyboard. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That, I think you're right. I, I'm hoping you're right, Mark, that we can finally ditch all of our desktops and, and laptops and just go with iPads. <laughs> well, you won't want to ditch all the desktops because the new ones are going to be so much even more powerful yeah, than, yeah. than, you know, you'll not be able to live without it. <laughs> Well, again, this is, I think this is why we all work in these high-paying jobs, so we can support our Apple habit, right? <laughs> you know, because we can't get away from this stuff. Yeah. So, round the table here. I, we're not, obviously, we're, none of us are going to get an iPhone SE, but uh, iPad Air, anybody? I'm not currently in the market for a new iPad, because I have a 12.9-inch, and I have a, a Pro, 11-inch uh, Pro. Do you have the M1, or do you have the... I don't have the M1. Actually, that's a good point. I don't have the M1, but I haven't really felt a need for it yet you know i i I only regret not having a 12.9 inch maybe once every two or three months Mm. but i like the 11 inch size Mm -hmm. um so yeah i think um so i could be in the market i 100 percent of the time use my 11 inch uh just as a carryable device and my 12.9 inch lives in a magic keyboard never leaves it so they're definitely different use models for me yeah, I have I have both. I have the, I have the I have the folio sleeve that I can pop it into if I want to take it anywhere. And I usually take the if I'm, when I'm carrying it around, I, I get take the Apple pencil off of it. But mm-hmm. yeah, nine times out of ten, I just I just I it stays on the keyboard for me too, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like even if I'm sitting on the on on the couch watching TV with the IMDb app open, right? Um, okay, so Jaime, what do you what about you? Are you are you have you settled? Are you thinking still? I think the hemming and hawing. Because it's oh so close, makes me think that I should not purchase this one, even though it's it's very very close. And instead, just wait and be grumpy with my current iPad Pro <laughs> for six more months, just to see if they you know have some incredible Pro with a, a third. You know what they're even going to skip is like this is a fourth gen Apple Pencil. There is no third gen. We've skipped gen um, kind of thing. The difference here too for me is I don't have the wide angle lens on the on the camera i i can't do that somebody was saying oh you can do the center stage thing but I, I know my my um yeah and i just have a single single um like a single focus camera on the on the front facing i'm looking at it right now and, and i just have sorry no i do have the wide angle on the uh on the ipad but i don't have the two times zoom optical zoom but i don't know what did they say what this new one has in terms of camera the new air it was. I know it supports center stage, right? They talked about the 12 megapixel front camera yeah. on the iPad Air. I don't. I don't think my current one has um, that. Mm-hmm. But then I, like, I'm two two generations behind the current one. Mm-hmm. Camera text back. Do, 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 do. I don't know that that M1's looking pretty fancy. Yeah, I saw some people on Twitter who work for a certain fruit company got these really nice, sweet looking um, M1 uh, T-shirts. With that, with the the chip with the, the rainbow glow around it, um, and in other news, in other news, if you are in the USA, Canada, Australia, Brazil, Japan, Mexico, Puerto Rico, South Korea, or 
Friday Night Hockey, right? Or Friday the United Night Kingdom. Uh, <laughs> Friday the most universal of sports, hockey. Uh, and, and if you liked Monday Friday Night Lacrosse. Yeah, if you liked Monday Night Football, you'll love Friday Night Baseball on Apple TV+. Plus. Streaming two, uh, two Major League Baseball games, assuming that occurs this year. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> we're in the middle of a lockout between... And it's the, only certain games, too. It's not like all games, right? It's, it's two... It's, so it is kind of... Um, it is kind of like Monday night football, and I, I assume they have like Sunday night hockey or something um, in the Saturday NHL. Afternoon, yeah, yeah. Where it's sort of the you know the the more premier game. So I am a Seattle Mariners fan. I assume we will not show up on any of these games. <laughs> it will almost certainly be you know Red Sox and Yankees and Dodgers and Braves and Giants. Giants. And the only time we might show up is if we're playing the Blue Jays or something. You know. <laughs> When they come to town, uh, but this is pretty interesting, exciting from a you know making Apple TV Plus uh, a better service because you're adding live sports. Which long time yeah, listeners of the show, why sports, do I keep definitely. hanging around? You know, why did I stick with with cable TV for so long? Why did I cut that cord and give myself a, a, a different cord altogether with YouTube TV? And it is 100% live sports. Right? Um, I, I even got yeah. grumpy about. Uh, uh, lockout, rest- uh, not lockout, um, blackout restrictions related to the marriages and say, you know what, I might just pay for stupid MLB.tv, $100 a year, whatever it is, um, just so I can see my sports. And so this, is that like a, now, like a service, like, can you can run that on your Apple TV or, or what have you? It's not, you don't have to have like cable to have that, right? Right. It's a, it's an add on channel. It, it's similar to like, you can get HBO without having, uh, HBO, the, the, the cable channel. Right. And so, um, adding this is, is, is an interesting play, even though it's, you know, it seems like the tiniest thing. It's like pretty big to, to add in, you know, it's one thing to stream the, the latest episodes of Ted Lasso. Those are all pre-recorded. You can heavily optimize, heavily cash. You cannot get it wrong when it comes to live streaming because people are not going to be happy if they're unable to see the game as it happens. I mean, crystal clear, um, 4k HDR, et cetera. It's, it's spatial audio, probably, you know, that sort of thing. Mm. Yeah, so I think this is this is cool, but uh, you know, there's there's a lot of baseball on TV already. I'm not I'm not super super excited about this. What I was hoping to see, because there were some rumors about this, and it's still possible, you know, maybe a year from now or whatever, is Apple TV Plus getting the NFL Prime ticket. Which, so if, if you're not a football fan or if you're not in the U.S., uh, what this is is the the NFL National Football League has very, very, very strict rules on what out-of-market games you can see on TV. So if you live in an area where there's a, a local team and that team has a game, a home game, uh, they, can, they, they must show, the local uh, stations must show that game uh, and they can't show any other game from an out-of-market except for the national games. Like there's, you know, there's a Sunday Night Football, Monday Night Football games. Uh, so a lot of times, you'll just get a crappy game on because it happens to be the local one when there could be a really great team or a great game with the team that you want to watch that they're just not allowed to show. So the only way that you can get right now, the only way that you can get out of market football games in any game is through this thing called NFL prime ticket, which right now is on direct TV. Uh, so you need to have the satellite dish or, you know, or, or have some other way of, of getting, getting that channel. And then you can watch all the games you want. It's it's you know it's not really cheap. It's like three hundred bucks a year. Uh, so there's rumors though that that well for sure the Directv's contract is running out with the NFL. I think after this season, 
uh, and there's rumors that Apple TV is trying to get it, that would be a coup. That would that would be a game changer. They would sell so many Apple TVs if they had this, especially if they gave mm-hmm. it for like free <laughs> or some minimum minimal price. Uh, this would be enormous, and I really really hope they do it. Yeah, just as an example, so I believe starting and I found an article here starting in 2023, Amazon is going to be um, the streaming partner for Thursday night football. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, people are saying that that's costing Amazon uh, a billion dollars. That's a billion with a B yeah. per year as part of that deal. So it, it would be a huge coup for, for, to your point, if the NFL mm-hmm. was to end up on Apple TV Plus. Yeah. But you got to start somewhere. You got to yep. start somewhere. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, and baseball is, uh, is, is a good enough place yeah. to start. Yeah, that's true. I think most of the people I know that have cable, like Jonathan on Spotcast, has cable for watching sports. And I mean, I could care less. I don't watch sports. So, um, I mean, I might occasionally flip on the Leaf game if I'm working and I just want some, like, I don't want to watch Park Patrol while I'm doing the dishes, you know. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I have no interest in baseball at all. So, kind of interesting. I mean, like, by the same token, I felt the same way about Fitness Plus, but I've been using Fitness Plus for the last month, couple of months. So. Hmm. People come around, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, I might actually watch a baseball game from time to time. But yeah, I, I, unless you know, unless the Blue Jays make another run, then I'll go. I'll go to the lumber store to get the lumber, you know, or the bandwagon. And uh, but that's about it. Yep. Cool. And then just in time for St. Patrick's Day, Jaime. Yeah. If you got some greenbacks burning a hole in your pocket, uh, the iPhone 13 and 13 Pro now come in green, Alpine green. Sorry, specifically Alpine green. And so it's not Irish green. Not Irish green. It's not a Kelly green. Or Kelly green. <laughs> so between that, so, and this was just an add-on. We just, just, just. Hey, by the way, we discovered a new like color. We right? found a new. We found a new can of paint in the factory. <laughs> <laughs> I totally didn't make yeah. the St. Patrick's Day connection. I wonder if they did that on purpose. Well, they took the midnight. Gr- well, the, we should actually talk. I did talk about the fact that that the, the event was on. We didn't really touch on this, but we the the event was on. Uh, International Women's Day, right? And every single presenter, presenter except for Tim Tim Cook and the M1 guy and the M2, the M2, M1 people, right? Were women. They were all ladies who worked for Apple. You yeah. can make that connection. I didn't really a lot, lot of a lot of women, a lot of people of color, a lot of women of yeah. color. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and the the people who were talking about the new uh, um, Ultra Max were all um, lady developers and engineers as well, right? And product managers. I thought I thought that was an interesting interesting touch. But back to the green, I mean. So so they took the midnight out of the midnight green because they had midnight green a couple of years ago, right? In the I think the eleven had the green, yes. had a green option. I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. So so this is this is green without the midnight. Well, there, I thought that's there were cool. two different two different greens. One for the regular and one for the pro. Did I get that two wrong? Green here. I thought. I thought they mentioned two different green colors. I'm scanning through my notes now. Well, uh, we I don't have that written down. iPhone. The Pro has a green. Alpine green on the Pro. And what color is it? Now in green it says, but it doesn't say Alpine right. green. Right, so it's just green for the regular and Alpine green for the Pro. What's the difference? So so the, thir- the, pr- the regular 13 comes in green, pink, blue, midnight, starlight, which is their new name, new, Apple New White, and then Product Red again, supporting H or COVID nineteen, and then the Pro, 
lives in Alpine Green. No, oh, no, don't go there. Playing a video. Alpine Green. Oh, I clicked on the AR thing. Alpine Green, Silver, Gold, Graphite, and Sierra Blue. That was the new color, Sierra Blue. Interesting. Cool. If you like, well, I, I know somebody who likes green. Xavier likes green. So maybe one of these days you'll have a green phone. So any other little tidbits about the uh, event we didn't talk about? Not explicitly mentioned at the event. In fact, not talked about at all. But the um, pour went out for the 27-inch iMac, which is no more. Replaced by oh, what? the 27-inch iMac. Apparently oh, really? been discontinued. Uh, the Intel-based one. Huh. So you can go with the Studio or the M1 iMac with a 24-inch screen. He did say he did say almost everything's in um, Apple Silicon, right? Except for the Pro. Except for the Pro, which they oh, yeah, the gave that rare that laggard Apple-like Pro. Thing. Such a laggard that thing. Well, mind you, do we still have the 13-inch Mac 13, like the MacBook Pro 13? Where's Mac? MacBook Pro because they had the 13 with the without the touch bar, right? So yeah, no, it looks all the 13s are gone too. Interesting. Hmm. What does the Apple TV have in it? Oh, sorry. No, Apple TV's have Apple Silicon, right? Yeah, of course, because it runs iOS. It has to be. It's an ARM yeah, chip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, TVOS, Speaking of the ARM chip, I look this backed up. Actually, why don't we why don't we um, head over to your pick? So we only have Jaime's only got a pick today. Yeah, mine is a blog post by Fernando Bun entitled "Hello Mac OS X Tiger." And it's kind of written in a cheeky way, but the screenshots are very interesting to me. So I've you know seen and used, but was not my own personal device, Mac OS X Tiger. I have never used the non-integrated version of Xcode. So seeing mm. things like 2005, you just paid $129 for Mac OS X Tiger. Guess what, kiddos? You used to have to pay for your software upgrades. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and your Xcode it didn't used to be fully integrated. It used to be quite the panel of Windows for interface builder and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So this walks you through what would you have to do to get a little panel up with a text field and a button. And when you click the button after putting in some text, puts that in uh, in a label. I got to tell you, I've mentioned this on the show before, but it was really confusing for somebody coming to this type style of development from like scratch because the interface builder and echo being separate products i didn't grasp the fact that you know the inter like how things connected between because mm. we didn't have the little drag and drop sort of frog's tongue thing that we have now right that came out of um some web development tools but the idea of connecting you know in the interface to the like to the view to the class itself that was i just didn't understand that what what was happening in that step yeah, I, I think drag and drop was there. You connecting yeah, the wires, okay. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that was there in the early days. Uh, but it was, yeah, it was confusing. You had to drag from one window to a different window, and and it and it was just a weird concept of mm-hmm. connecting code graphically. What a weird idea! Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But it, and it wasn't, as I recall, it wasn't until Xcode four that it that they integrated all the windows. And it was a big deal when it happened. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it was the first uh, first WWDC I went to was when they rolled out Xcode for. Is this what year is this? This well, claims to be two thousand five. Two thousand five. Yeah. So, so I think the integrated Xcode would have come out roughly two thousand ten. Yeah, that was the first year I went to WWDC. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of clapping. I remember that. There's there's a picture here on this in this website if people are curious showing the dragging and dropping from the 
the text field into the, mm. the confirm button to the text field and then to the main window view controller, which is like a little little cube graphic that you used to use for classes in the interface builder. Yeah, because you used to write your code in Xcode and then you would do the interface. Right, interface right? builder was a whole separate tool. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. And I wonder if that's why people like writing stuff in, in by hand. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a sort of blast from the past, you know, looking at these screenshots. Um, Tiger's pretty. You know, you can tell it's older if you were yeah. around to have seen it originally compared to, to now with Monterey. But you just look at it by itself and like it's an appealing design. Well, this is this is the Aqua interface, like yeah. um, like with lickable lickable buttons, mm-hmm. like everything looked mm-hmm. like a little glass drop kind of thing. And that started with the original Mac Beta. I think they were talking about that. It was called Aqua. Was the sort of style design style? The original, the Mac okay. OS Ten Beta. You're talking about not the Mac. Yeah. What did I say? You said the Mac Beta. Yeah, Mac OS Ten Beta. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, it was it was. Yeah, the, the, it came out in 1999, and it had the sort of even the X was a big 3D sort of translucent looking thing. And this is the this is the de- design aesthetic that that they got rid of with uh, uh, iOS 7, right? They got rid of all that sort of rounded and skeuomorphic looking things, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it went back to flat, flat design. Yeah, yeah. I'm even looking at my Mac now. I'm running Monterey, and and still there's there's a, you know the shadows, but there's not a lot of um like all those sort of buttons and things like that are all flat, right? So it'll come around. One day we'll have like a neoclassic interface, you know, <laughs> and then, then we'll go to an Art Deco kind of interface, right? <laughs> cool. Well, I sort of have a pick, and my pick is, is, since we were talking about the fact it was International Women's Day, there's a picture somebody posted here. Silicon Insider on Twitter posted a picture of an, one of the ARM founders, named, a lady named Sophie Wilson, who created the ARM instruction set, <laughs> which now runs on billions of devices. So that's my shout out to her. Cool, eh? Yeah, I guess that's it for another week. So, hey, how many people can get in touch with you? Where would they find you? I'm on Twitter as at Dev of the Hair. And Mark, people can get in touch with you. Mark R at Smapsoft.com. All right. My name is Timitra, T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A. On the Twitter machine is where you can find me. Until next time, we'll say bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. This has been another episode of the More Than Just Code podcast. If you want to find out more about the show, you can visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fireside.fm. There you can find a summary and show notes of each episode. We list links to the apps, code, and news that we mentioned on the show. If you like the podcast, tell your friends, leave a comment on the website, or write a review on iTunes. And please recommend us in your favorite podcatcher. All of these things help others find out about the show. We really appreciate your help with spreading the word. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We'd love to hear from you, so use the hashtag AskMTJC, and we may mention you on the show. Friends of the show can also join us on the podcast Slack channel. Once again, the podcast Twitter account is at MTJC underscore podcast. Please consider supporting the show by pledging any amount on Patreon.com slash MTJC. Every dollar pledged helps a lot. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Um, yeah, that's it. And team, it's over. You're still here. That's what Jonathan said like a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Go home. Hey, can you all hear me? I had issues with my setup. Can y'all? Uh, all y'all? All y'all? All y'all. All y'all. That's different than y'all.
I know, it's all y'all. That's all, all of us, right? But if there's only two of us, y'all and all y'all is kind of the same, right? Is it? I don't know. Well, I don't know. I'm not from the South. No, I think it, even if it's one of you, it's y'all, right? Yeah, that's, that's true. You all? You all? Hey, you all. Well, yeah, we don't say y'all. Not you, I, but I, do, I know when Jaime says y'all. <laughs> y'all. Y'all. Definitely a Southern thing. You just sort of, it's like when uh, Tim Cook says, he says important. Mm-hmm. Important. Mm-hmm. I'll have to listen for that when I'm, uh, you know, not actively thinking about it. Because Tammy says important, too. I can, I can well, hear it. Definitely a, yeah, it's definitely an American thing to, to replace T's with D's, for sure. Is it? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah. Really? Or just leave out the T at all. Like, like plenty? We don't say plenty, yeah. usually. We say plenty. 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 Yeah. Plenty. Well, how plenty. do you say it, Javi? I guess we do say plenty. Yeah, I, I would say it. I don't know how to properly write it out, but it probably would be spelled like like penny, but with an yeah. L, like plenty. Plenty, yeah. Mm. If, there, if there's, there's a T in there, it's there's like a, a very slight tiny T. T. I, I'm thinking about saying it as I'm saying it. Plenty. There's a slight T. It's not like it's not like funny, right? Where which is definitely a double N. Funny. Plenty. Mm. There's a. I don't know how to describe it except there's there's a slight T to it, but not like yeah. the British plenty. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? So it's funny. Um, Siri says Toronto. Toronto. Just yeah. Is that say, you say what? Is that correct? As a as a Toronto. It's Toronto. Toronto. But we say Toronto. 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 What I say? Toronto. 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 Yeah, we don't. Yeah, don't I would say Toronto. To- yeah, I wouldn't say Toronto. Yeah, but now I know. Toronto? I would say Toronto. Yeah. yeah, Toronto. Yeah, there's a Toronto, California, too, I think, or something like that. There's an Ontario, Ohio, California. It's funny, you know, I was, we were booking flights to go to, to Dublin in um, in August, and so I, we decided, my two grandsons decided they want to go, so I went to look for prices for them, so I, I punched in the numbers into WestJet. I'm thinking, you know, we've got to see what the prices are now. $150 to fly to Dublin. Dublin, Ireland? No, Ohio. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> yeah, I didn't know there was. A well, it's funny. I put I put Dublin into the WestJet WestJet website, right? And it, it said Dublin had Dublin International, Dublin this, a whole bunch of Dublins. And I went, okay, yeah. But I'm looking for DUB, which is the airline code, right? And uh, but it wouldn't come up. So I just so I finally just clicked on the first Dublin, and it was like 150 bucks. I'm like, that's really good pricing, mm. right? Yeah. It ended up being it ended up being like three forty, so it's not that far off, but still, you know. Yeah, you'd like, be it was like you'd be very disappointed if you got on the wrong plane. Well, I wouldn't be. My book, <laughs> my flight's already booked. My flight's already booked. The two grandsons would be a little miffed. Uh, They'd be yeah. like, "This doesn't seem like Ireland. <laughs> What's with all the American flags everywhere?" You know. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's round on both ends and high in the middle. Ohio. <laughs> Alrighty, y'all ready to go there, honey? Y'all. Yeah, I see y'all. You hear that? Y'all. You got me doing it now. Y'all. It's all like y'all. It becomes Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan from Rush Hour. Y'all. 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 Y'all? Okay. I, I guess I have to go back and watch that movie. I don't remember that. I remember the, the team, uh, the, the comedy duo, but I don't remember the specifics. Yeah, TBS had a marathon or something, and as is often what we do in our household, we throw stuff like that in the background when we're doing chores. This is why we oh, ended yeah. up watching Paw Patrol on Paramount Plus yes, many moons ago. You're a big Paw Patrol fan. We know. We've never gotten around to uh, Clifford the Big Red Dog, so I still have not seen that. Uh, oh, I got going to ask you. I was going to maybe I'll save it for tomorrow for Spotcast. But did you see that SNL did a Paw Patrol skit? 
yeah, <laughs> which <laughs> would not have been meaningful to me had I not seen again while doing chores and stuff. Had I not seen the Paw Patrol movie, I you know I don't have yeah. kids or or cousins young enough to to do anything like that. So it, it was more meaningful. It felt special to me. Yeah, I like the punchline right at the very end, right? <laughs> You see, you see the punchline? Like, it's, it's his wife is the mayor, right? The guy who's got the campaign against her? I don't remember the punchline. I don't remember that. He says, at the very end, he says, you know, help help get my wife out of office. He's trying to get his, he's trying to win a, uh, get his wife kicked out of office as mayor. Because she keeps hiring these yeah, dogs yeah. to replace the fire department. And, um, yeah. What were we talking about before the show? We were going to talk about during the show? Uh, baseball. Baseball. Oh, yeah. Right. America's past that. Yeah. Do you know what Canada's national sport is? Curling? Nope. Close. Lacrosse? Lacrosse. Lacrosse is the national mm-hmm. sport. Which is strange because, you know. You would think hockey. I mean, yeah. You yeah. would think hockey. You would. Yeah. Or, yeah. And you know what basketball was invented in Canada, too, right? Really? I thought it was yeah. invented James in Springfield, Nathan? Missouri. <laughs> basketball? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Pretty sure James Smith invented mm. basketball. Let's see. Basketball. So James Naismith is Canadian American. He was he? born in oh, Springfield, Massachusetts, not even Springfield. Missouri. He was yeah. born in uh, Almonte or Almonte, Ontario, Canada. Mm-hmm. Where did he do the basketball stuff? Springfield, Springfield College. College. Yeah. Springfield, Massachusetts. Oh, oh. you Canadians always trying to steal oh, the credit. By Canadian physical education <laughs> instructor. Yeah, I guess so we're trying to steal it back. Yeah. I guess we're wrong. And Alexander Graham Bell, where was, it, where was he from? I'm guessing Canada. <laughs> yeah. I'm just checking. I don't know anymore. My facts are all messed up. Yeah. Uh, Scottish born. Yeah. Founded, founded AT&T. Interesting. Or co-founded. Uh, he died in Nova Scotia. Or was he where he invented the phone? Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I don't know. Hmm. Edinburgh. My mother went to school in Edinburgh. Hmm. Canada. Here we go. Canada connection. Do, 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 do. At the homestead, built, set, oh yeah, in the homestead in, where was he? In Ottawa, wherever that is, pa- near, oh, close to Paris, Ontario. Um, set up his own workshop and blah, 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 blah. I don't know. I don't think he invent the phone here. I can't remember. So I, I went way deep into this Wikipedia article looking for a clear answer. Bell himself claimed that the telephone was invented in Canada, but made in the United States. Yeah, okay, yeah. But I know, the, the original Watson Come Here thing? When Where was he when he did that? Boston. On March 10th, 1876, <laughs> Bell used, quote, the instrument in Boston to call Thomas Watson, who was in another room, ah, but out of earshot. Cool. Watson, come here. Come quickly. Interesting. Yeah, that was an accident, too, apparently, right? As they say. Inventing the phone was an accident, right? No, no, no. When he said, uh, yeah, it says in March 10th, 1786, he used an instrument here. To call Watson, who was in another room, but out of earshot, he said, "What, what, Mister Watson? Come here! I want to see you." And Watson appeared by his side. Anyway, why were we talking? About, oh, why? Are we, oh, no, I know what I'm thinking about Alice Graham Bell because there's a big giant um, water generation, electric, hydroelectricity water generation thing called Be- that has Bell's name on it in um, Niagara Falls. Hmm. Probably where my confusion comes from. All right, what else is going on? Not much going on this week, I guess. Right. Amazon doing a stock split, uh, oh, 20, to, 20 to 1 ratio and buying wow. back up to $10 billion. So they will no longer have that ridiculous $3,000 plus per share uh, price after the 24 one So what split. will it bring it down to? you got to see what the actual stock is right now. They split it already? 
Uh, not yet. They're go- they announced it. Okay. Amazon is sitting at twenty seven eighty five. Yeah. Twenty seven eighty two. So uh, around about one hundred thirty bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Hmm? About one hundred thirty bucks. Oh. oh, it stocks after twenty. Yeah. So they announced it, and then people when they buy back. Does that mean they're taking stock off the market? Mark, when they do in a, buy in a buyback, yeah, a buyback to do, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. In a split, they actually add more stock. Oh, I see. So splitting the stock does not affect the market cap, so it doesn't affect the value of the company. It just mm-hmm. instead of one share for you know thousand, you have two shares for five hundred. Not in this case, but whatever you know, whatever yeah, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. But a buyback, yeah, they just they actually reduce the number of shares uh, out there. So. As all other things being equal, the value of the company should stay exactly the same. They just remove certain shares. So the price of the shares that are left should go up to, to make the market cap stay constant. Hmm. Interesting. I update my app here. I'm looking at my banking app here. I'm trying to see my stock. Ooh, it's gone down a bit. It's had a rough week, eh? <laughs> to say the least, it's been a rough yeah. week for the stock. Oh, market. yeah. That's what I wanted to ask you guys. Like, what's the gas price like these days for you guys? I haven't filled up this week because on purpose, but I'm hearing it's over five bucks around here. Five bucks, and what is it normally? Uh, it's usually four, around four, three and a half. No, three and a half. Yeah, U.S. dollars. Yeah, no, I understand. That's that's quite a big jump, right? Yeah, big jump. Yeah, we've gone from we were sitting around one hundred and fifty dollar fifty for a liter. We multiply that by four to get gallons, right? And then roughly, and then. Um, I think they're. I think we're at one hundred eighty-seven, one dollar eighty-seven now, and we're talking about going another seven or eight cents in the next couple of days. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the economy is going to do some some wild things with what's going on, you know, globally. Um, yeah. Crypto is doing weird things as well. Uh, oh, you think crypto? Likewise, oh, related yes. to that. Really? Oh, is it going up and down and stuff like that? <laughs> Erratically, expensive. Be down five percent, up five percent, down seven percent, back up seven percent. Wild. Um, Last week, I actually um, used crypto ATMs for the very first time, just to just to try it out and see what the experience was like. Oh, really? Yeah, I was running some errands and said, you know what? Let me try this out because I see on the locator here that uh, CoinFlip and uh, CoinCloud had. ATMs around, and it is definitely not ready for uh, you know non-technical, non-savvy folks. So I come in as a you know pretty technically savvy, all-around kind of user, but not mm. that savvy when it comes to crypto. And uh, I'll I'll start with the the Coin Cloud one because it has a a large you know beautiful screen, uh, which honestly might be a downside when it comes to feeling like. All my business is out there for everyone to see. <laughs> kind of needs the the off angle uh, protection. You know, we got to be standing directly in front of it to see what's going on. Um, really heavily incentivizes you to purchase uh, Bitcoin and shoves every other kind of coin under uh, like a little hidden altcoins. Um, I noticed that it um, both of these required you to enter a phone number. So that it could send you a little um, a little code that I guess presumably verifies that you're actually there in front of the machine. Hmm. So uh, the first one I tried with a, a Google Voice number, and that worked. It sent me a little Google Voice 
text message and I got the, the code, put it in there, uh, scan my, my wallet's QR code. And then as you'd expect, it wants you to put in money. So I said, all right, let me just grab this $20 bill, put it in there, work just fine. And it says, all right, great. You're done. We'll send you a message when, when you're, you know, your, your trade has, has finished processing and there's no like, you know, print out a receipt or anything. I'm just there wondering like an idiot, like, <laughs> did I do this right? <laughs> Am I going to get money from this into my account? I was like, all right, I'll just drive to the next one, drove to the next one and using uh, the coin flip ATM, which is quite the opposite. Instead of having a huge screen, it almost has too small of a screen. It's almost like they took like a little smartphone embedded it into a kiosk and said, there you go. That's your UI. Um, it uh, also uses the send you a text message. You enter in the code to start things out sort of thing. Um, in this case, it did not like Google Voice. So they must be trying to figure out if it's really a cell phone or not. And so I had no choice but to put in my real cell phone number to get that to work. Mm-hmm. And uh, unlike CoinCloud that really wanted you to do Bitcoin, this one just says, here you go. Here's all the coins. Choose one. So I chose Ethereum in this case, scanned the QR code, put in my, my $20 bill. And it also gives you a, yep, we'll send you a text message when this is processing. So once again, it felt like, I don't know if I actually bought anything. <laughs> I don't know if I've <laughs> walked away in the middle of the checkout or not, uh, but went on with my life. And, and everything worked out. It was about 20 minutes to 30 minutes later that I saw the Bitcoin and Ethereum go into my wallets. And um, it was interesting that both of them had the kind of like scary warning notice of like, hey. You should only be here if, like, you want to be here. Not if somebody else told you to come here. Not if somebody oh, was really? promising. And oh, I guess wow. it's to get around people, like, scamming, you know, unwitting individuals is what I would guess. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. There you go. And I, I did it to, to say that I, I tried it. And there's definitely some user experience issues. Um, but I, I, I did, just like Neil Patrick Harris wanted me to do with, what, CoinFlip? I think the commercial. <laughs> I got to look oh, it up. Really? I don't remember he's CoinFlip or CoinCloud. I saw that on YouTube and said, so, "All right, there you go." I, I, I purchased crypto with uh, with you know for real Z fiat USD. Really? Huh. That make, make you're making me wonder now if I should check my Coinbase. Hang one sec. Coinbase. I need. Oh, I have to use my phone to prove, prove I am where I am. Never mind. Okay, won't do that. My phone's way over there on the on the by the couch. I left charging. All right. We talk about secret stuff now. Are we going off recording? Is that the idea? Yeah. All right. Let's. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. We didn't say that.